Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Recently, I received a couple questions in response to episodes that I've recorded with Dr. Duena Welch, who has quickly become one of your favorite guests. In fact, just this week, she appeared again her third time on the program to talk about healing and moving forward after heartbreak and divorce. As always, Dr. Welch shared the science behind how to move on after a breakup or divorce and also shared her own personal journey as one who has also been divorced. Be sure to check that out. That's episode 123. The questions we're tackling today were in response to episode 92, the first time Dr. Welch appeared on the program. In that episode, she discussed her first book, Love Factually, 10 Proven Steps from I Wish to I Do. And in that book, she shares the science and a ton of research that she has gathered over the years, basically to try to help herself when she was back on the dating scene. Dr. Welch will be the first to say that some of the research doesn't feel very fair, nor does it feel politically correct, because it looks at the different approaches men and women have as they embark upon the dating landscape. But fair or not, The findings that Dr. Welch shares are grounded in the science. If you haven't listened to episode 92 with Dr. Welch, be sure to listen to that before this episode because it lays the foundation. The two questions I'm posing to Dr. Welch here are based on some of the principles that she discussed in that episode. Your questions for psychologist Dr. Duena Welch right after this. If you're into personal development, if you geek out on psych research, and if you're looking to level up in all realms of love and life, a love and life support group is for you. In love and life groups, you'll enjoy the camaraderie of connecting with like-minded women. You'll feel encouraged and empowered by others endeavoring to thrive in all realms of love and life. We all know there's strength in numbers. So join us for deep conversations designed to provide healing and promote growth. Two more Love and Life support groups are rolling out February 1st. Head over to my website for more details. Dr. Welch, thank you so much for joining me to answer some listeners' questions about your book. They've listened to our podcast episodes and they've read your book and they want more info from you. So thanks for joining me today to answer these special questions. Oh, I, your audience is just so great and I'm thrilled that they have follow-up questions. So let's just dive in. All right. So the first one says, I cannot thank you enough for being a lighthouse in a stormy sea of conflicting and often painful messages for the socially infertile. One of my favorite podcast episodes was your discussion with Dr. Duena Welch. As a scientist, I find comfort in the data. However, there is something I still struggle with as I try dating as a high status woman 
What if the social science data shows you you aren't what's considered high status? We don't need to look at the animal kingdom or ancient studies to know that typically women who are older, overweight, visibly disabled, or of an ethnic minority simply don't carry social advantages or quote-unquote status. I mean, Dr. Welch said that one of the things she initially promotes about herself while dating is her looks. I am super fun and outgoing with plenty of friends, but I haven't been asked out in six years. The last two times I asked a guy out, they politely declined. So if a guy wants to commit to me, quote unquote, too soon, how long do I pretend that I'm seeing other guys before I realize this might be it? How long into a relationship does a guy realize there was really no competition there and it really was a game, quote unquote? Just super curious about dating advice for those of us who are definitely not doing much of the choosing. I love how this woman took such a painful topic and managed to sound so upbeat and positive about it. She's absolutely right, of course, that all things are not created equal. Racism is real. For example, classism Mm -hmm. is real. Fatism is real. Yeah. You know, people shame women for carrying extra weight. And I actually would like to do an entire episode sometime about the beauty bias and how women can overcome that through their behavior. To answer the specific questions that this person has about, um, she didn't ask how to become higher status. I would like to do an episode on how to become higher status though, because you definitely can. She wanted to know, how long do you pretend to date around? And I want to tell you, the answer is you don't pretend, you make it happen. Mm -hmm. You make it happen that you're actually dating around. Not revealed in her letter is what she's done to try to have more dating opportunities. I don't know if she's going into what I think of as target-rich environments and looking into men's eyes while smiling at them, which is a huge, huge thing that women do all over the world that gets men to approach and talk to them. It turns out to be more important in securing male interest than how good-looking you are. So I don't know if she's doing that. I don't know if she's on multiple dating sites. I don't know if she's tried using a matchmaker. I don't know what she's done. But the key is not to pretend to be dating around. The key is to actually be. And as you know, I talk about attachment style quite a bit. Anxious women, especially if you have an anxious attachment style, you should make sure that you're not exclusively dating any one person, not just pretending you're not exclusively dating them, really don't exclusively date them until you know enough about them that that makes sense. And the reason I say this is research shows that people with an anxious attachment style tend to attach too quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys who've been love bombing you, dollars to donuts, they have an anxious attachment style. So You want to help combat one of the aspects of yourself that maybe is not helping you so much by actually dating around. As far as does a guy know that it's a game, as you now know, I'm single again. And unfortunately, there are not only two entire full-length manuals on the psychology of me available to anyone who's dating me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're out there. (laughs) But there are... 
there's more than one entire day. I believe there are more than two entire days of podcast episodes out there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, as far as whether somebody thinks it's a game, I encourage being hard to get, not playing hard to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being hard to get means that whether or not other men are asking you out, you do not say yes to contact that is treating you as an option instead of a priority. Learn what that looks like, which you can learn in both of my books. Then you're not pretending you're high status. You really are. Yeah, I think that that is so important because I think... I love the term high status and I use it and I always give you credit, of course, because as a professor, I mean, there's so much plagiarism out there. I'm sure you see your work all over the place and it's just, but my, my, I love it's pithy. It gets to the point. Some people get confused though. They, they think, Oh, I can't be high status because I don't have the perfect form or I don't think I'm as pretty as those other women out there. And you, I love that you emphasize. It's about how you present yourself to the dating community. And I would absolutely love to take you up on your offer to speak for an entire episode about high status and how we can elevate that and how that's on us. We do that through our behavior, through the way that we interact. And like you just said a moment ago, that we insist that we are not going to be an option. We're going to be a priority. We don't insist that after date number one, we have to, that takes some time. There's some pacing involved, but as we get closer and closer and we start starting to understand who this person is, we maintain our status through our interactions. And I'd argue, and this would be a kind of fun conversation to have sometime too, that we still maintain high status when we're married, like you did in your marriages when it got to the point where someone was trying to treat you with less status than you required and that you knew you deserved and that you owned, then it was time to go. Yeah, there's just no call in life for sticking around or the message that, and, and keep in mind, in my case, the message was coming from me. I'm staying in a situation that's not acceptable to me. If I keep staying and I don't have to, who is to blame for that? Me. Yeah. That's not just learned helplessness, which is a scientific term for what happens to our psychology when we are exposed to repeated bad events. We act as if we don't have any choices. It's actually worse than learned helplessness because we know that we could free ourselves from this and we're choosing not to. So yeah, that's part of, I I really don't advocate playing hard to get or pretending to have high status. I advocate being hard to get because you value yourself and you don't have to have the emotion that goes with that. You just need to learn what the behaviors look like because here's another thing we know from science. It's not just the case that your attitudes cause your behavior. It's also the case that your behavior causes your attitude. Learn what the behaviors are that connote that you really love and cherish and treasure the core of your being, which is what high status really is. Hmm. You do those things long enough, you'll believe it. It'll come. Thank you so much for that. And yes, like I said, I'd love to take you up to uh, on your offer to go a little bit more in depth in another episode. But I think that gives the questioner a little bit to to mull over as she starts to look at her own behaviors and, and thoughts and the choices therein. Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram, where I post original quotes, 
infographics, and I tackle trending topics in my Love Smarter, Not Harder IGTVs. On Insta, you can find me at Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril and on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson. So here's another question that came in. Dr. Karen, I listened to the episode 92 of your podcast and it was so good. I was wondering if a person is heavily making out with someone but not doing more, both stay fully clothed, is that something that causes a guy to lose interest the way that having sex does? And this is, of course, referring to the stuff that you talked about with the dopamine and um, getting intimate too soon, how that causes men to lose interest in women. So back to her question. I don't know if the psychology works that way when it comes to men. I've always had really high physical boundaries, and I love it that way. And sometimes I get pushed a little further than I want to. So I'm trying to understand what my boundaries should even be. Thank you so much for all you do and share. Yeah, I love that question. Yeah. Um, So I've got great news for you. First of all, if you're not giving this man orgasms, then his dopamine level is still rising. You can make out to your heart's content. You're not you're actually helping create a bond that way. You're not you're not forestalling or ruining one. You're actually building one. So that's fine. Now you're also building a little something known as blue balls. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, let's <laughs> I want you to you know, it's interesting. So many people think of sex as penile vaginal intercourse. And I want to talk about that in a broader context for a moment for a couple reasons. Reason number one is all of us are aging. And I know for sure from science that people who conceptualize sexuality and sex much more broadly than sexual intercourse are more happy with the sex they have for longer in their lives. And they have sex for longer in their lives. And I want that for all of you. So I want you to start thinking of sex, if you don't already, as a continuum. And that continuum goes from simply feeling that little frisson of chemistry between you and somebody else when you've gotten to know them pretty well, but you haven't touched yet, if that's how it's gone down. And, you know, during COVID, I haven't been within six feet of anyone. (laughs) So, I and I did get to know somebody pretty well for about 100 hours at six feet apart. And you can feel that chemistry starting if you are with somebody possible and they treat you like gold. It, it starts to, you know, that starts to catch fire a little bit. So I want you to think of your sexuality as a continuum all the way from that to holding hands, to putting your arms through your arm through his arm to hugging each other to hugging while making extended eye contact to kissing to kissing deeply to making out with all your clothes on to making out with your top off to making out with his top off to make or their top off I don't want to presume uh, heterosexuality even to um, taking your clothes off but only using your hands or only using your mouths on certain parts of your body, there is a continuum and people are jumping. I don't know how many more times you want to go through every stage of this, but I'll tell you this, your relationship will be vastly helped, vastly helped. And I don't just mean 
the thing where guys get more emotionally bonded to you and you to them. That's very important. But I mean, the sex itself that you wind up having will be tremendously helped by savoring every step along the way. So I'm going to give you a little script you can use to deal with the whole blue balls issue. Okay. If he says, I'm getting frustrated or I'm ready to take it to the next level and you're not ready to. Here are a couple different things you can say. One of them is, I can see I'm really into you and I can see a time coming when that will feel just right, but I'm not there yet. If you say that, what happens is a man who's just trying to get sex is going to leave you and that's a win. Yep. But I will tell you, men who are looking for real connection and You may doubt that those men are out there, but they definitely are. I have so much evidence for this. For one thing, men who've ever been married are more rather than less likely compared to women to remarry again. They want this. People who've had deep connection usually want it again. They don't say, oh, that was terrible. I'm never doing it again. They do it. So, and of course, men hire me. I'd say a third to a half of my clients at any one time are men who are looking for a real connection. You're not going to jettison men that way who really want connection. You're going to get rid of the players. You're going to bring the stairs even closer. A man who is naturally inclined toward you may even say something like the following. He might even say, you know what? We have all the time in the world. Let's take our time. Another thing you can say if you just feel like you're being a tease, which I hate that term because... Look, men aren't being a tease. I mean, a tease is certain. The idea behind tease is that you owe them something and you don't. Right. You don't owe anybody anything except to be kind and respectful while you're in their presence. Yes. And to stop seeing them if you're clear that that needs to happen. That's all you owe anybody. But let's assume that, you know, you've got that voice in your head that's telling you that this is a problem. You can have the following conversation. You can say, I just need you to be perfectly clear before we get physical at all that I view this as a continuum. I like to explore that continuum very slowly in keeping with the actual emotional pace of the relationship. And that I want to draw things out so long that we are basically on fire by the time we go to bed. (laughs) I love it. And I promise you, a man who is really into you is completely turned on by that. For sure. I want to say also with the scripts that you, I know there's scripts in love factually that help women say that they have gotten too far. They got ahead of themselves sexually and they realize they read their book, your book and they're like, Oh no, the dopamine, I messed it, I messed it all up. You have a script for how to dial things back. You have scri- uh, scripts throughout the love factually for single parents books about how to maintain kindness and get this business like you call it relationship with your ex so that you can be kind and respectful to one another even in the midst of divorce because you're co-parenting and this sort of thing your scripts are genius they are gold i love them they're so helpful thank you you know i've really i've just realized that sometimes people get the concept but finding the words is hard so i yes. i've just tried to help people find the words and of course they can put it into their their own verbiage, but uh, sometimes the script really does help. 
No, I was I was on the phone with a friend the other day, and she, she got ahead of herself exactly the scenario I described a moment ago. And I said, "Hold on, I've got I've got a word. I'm not kidding you." I pulled out your book. And I said, "This is what she recommends," and she tried it, and they are back on track. So, yeah, that's great. Thank you for telling me that. Made my day. I'm sure. No, thank you for your work and for answering the questions and for agreeing to come on the podcast more frequently because my community is just so responsive and they so resonate with all that you're offering on your platform, Dr. Welch. So appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate your time as well and the time of your audience. There's no more sincere compliment than taking time out of your day to listen to somebody else talk. I mean, that is, that's it. So many, many thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. The love and life hack for this week is date smarter, not harder. Avail yourself of the science and the psych research on relationships to level up in love and life. If you're interested in joining a support group, be sure to head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com. Click on the work with me tab and join a group. We're rolling them out February 1st. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter so that you'll be the first to know what's going down in the love and life community. If you have 30 seconds, I would be so grateful if you could go over to Apple Podcasts and rate the podcast and write a short little couple sentence review that helps other people find the program and join the love and life family. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. It means everything to me that you would spend a half hour of your day with me. Thank you very much. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.